You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, I'm Jay Harwood from the New York Mets. Welcome to our Mets alumni podcast. Uh, I was thinking the other day that you and I, this June, it'll be 40 years that you and I have known each other. I remember the day in June, the Mets selected in the first round, Daryl Strawberry, left-handed outfielder from Crenshaw High School in Los Angeles. What do you remember about that day, Straw? Well, I remember being in class that day, and I just remember uh, the draft was going to be that day, and, and I remember them pulling me out of class and, and saying I was selected number one pick by the New York Mets, and, and I was really excited because of the fact I wanted to be drafted and play Major League Baseball, but I, I had no idea what New York was, and so <laughs> it was just a little confusing to me, but at the same time, I was really excited to be um, drafted and, and being able to have an opportunity to probably play Major League Baseball. You know, what people don't remember about that draft, the Mets also selected Billy Bean in the first round with the Oakland general manager and John Gibbons, a catcher, so it was a you know, pretty good uh, first-round pick for the Mets, and they all have different career Path for everybody, you know, Daryl. Like I said, I've been in the game a long time, and you know, one of the biggest mistakes I think I made, and I think I've told you this personally, involved you. When you came up in May of ni- in 1983, we weren't a very good ball club at that time, and you came up. You were the Black Ted Williams on Cover Sports Illustrated, and I mean, it was an awful lot of pressure that we put on you then, and we said yes to all the interviews. I mean, it was a tough time, and yet you. You know, survived. You won the Rookie of the Year award and went on from there. But do you remember how much that that was a was a <laughs> lot of pressure that first year, wasn't it? In '83. Well, I was a young player. Yeah, I was 21 years old, and there was definitely a tremendous amount of pressure. I mean, the expectations had been so high on me coming through the minor league system, and you know, after that year in Jackson, um, 19, I believe, '82, uh, and then went to Tidewater for a month and played and got off to a good start. And I came up, uh, had a good spring, and I didn't, I didn't come. Frank uh, Cashin, who was the general manager at that time, really didn't like the idea of bringing young players up too early because he thought it's a big city and a lot of things can happen. And I think he was very cautious about that because uh, Tim Leary, when he got hurt and hurt his arm, he never turned out to be the same. So I think he was trying to be cautious with me, but they brought me up, and, and I got off to a rough start. And, and Jim Fry was my hitting coach, and – he taught me some valuable lessons about being at the ballpark early if I wanted um, to be great at the at the major league level. And, and yeah, I had to deal with a lot of media, uh, something I wasn't accustomed to. And I just had to learn how to you know, work with them and, and fight through things and, and become a player that was going to play every day and hopefully be successful at the major league level. You know, Story, your, your playing career ended in 99. You know, you won a world championship with us and three with the Yankees. And now – you really embarked on a different kind of career. You were associated with a book that came out last year, you know, Don't Give Up On Me. And, I mean, with all the stuff that you've gone through, you know, child abuse as a youngster, drug and alcohol abuse, uh, and yet you, you know, you, you've done so many good things now. I mean, what was it like in the, in the 2000s, when early 2000s, when things weren't that bright for you? I was very challenging, Jay. I mean, it was very difficult. I was lost. I was broken. I was hurting. I was very empty on the inside, um, had a lot of confusion about life and, and the purpose of life. And and I give a lot of credit to, uh, you know, my faith in, in God and, and Tracy coming into my life. And she helped me really correct my life and 
lead my life in a different direction and, and things started to change. I mean, she met me at the darkest time of my life when nobody wanted to have anything to do with me. And, and she led me uh, back to down a different road and led me back into my faith. And we moved to St. Louis and lived there for about nine to 10 years. And I just grew into a different person. And, and um, I just started to become a, a man, not a baseball player anymore. And, and I started doing different, different ideas that came to my mind of how can I help so many people and give back and love people after I was restored. It was a process. It wasn't overnight. Um, I sat for seven years in St. Louis and, um, and, and in the ministry and got restored and, and developed to who I was going to be, the new character of me inside, and, and, and now just go out and, and try to make a difference in our society and, and help so many people who are struggling just like I was. And you, you and your wife are both ministers now, and, and uh, you, you told me the other day, you, 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 like last year, you speak on the average about 200 uh, times a year to different congregations around the country. Yes, we both are ministers, and my wife is going back to school now. We're moving back to St. Louis, and she's going back to um, ministry school to get her master's, and I will continue to travel the country. And uh, it's been, it's, I have to like pinch myself sometimes because you know, it looks like I'm standing on a platform doing what Billy Graham did, standing in arenas and, and being able to preach the gospel and, and really try to win souls and, and help people and encourage people that, you know, their life matters no matter what we go through, no matter the hurts, the habits, hangups, and how far we've been broken. There's always, you can always be restored. So uh, I'm just overwhelmed at times, you know, that, that I'm actually able to do what I'm doing today. In addition to everything, Daryl, I mean, you, you said you're 16 years uh, drugs-free and you're 20 re years room. I know people remember you had two cancer scares in the late uh, 1990s. And so you really, in your lifetime, you really have a great message to give to the young people. You know, life goes on, right? Well, it does. So, And thank you, Jay. Life does go on. And you do have an opportunity to be able to give back when we actually have our life be uh become transformed um uh, you just carry the message you carry the message of hope you know cancer i lost uh my second surgery i lost my left kidney i had two cancer battles and i overcome an addiction and you know just through faith and 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 through uh people loving me when i, I couldn't love myself and, and it was mainly my wife tracy who loved me through the hardest times that I was having in my life. And she was like really the only one there at that time that uh, believed in me. And I just continue to go forward and I continue to grow into, like I said, being a man, being a man of purpose at the end of the day. And you go to schools there. I know you're preaching about the evils of opioids to the kids. You go to a lot of schools to try and get the message out. Yes, I go to tons of schools. Uh, I'm just leaving New York now. I was in two schools this week. Um, I had a big event. Um, in Manhattan City, um, fighting against opiate addiction and uh, just the epidemic that we're, we're sitting in and, and all these young people are dying. So I try to go to the middle schools and the high schools and educate the kids about not using drugs, not taking drugs. And I've seen so many kids that were in treatment. Um, they started with marijuana and now they end up with opiates and they're no longer here. You know, a lot of them because of the challenges that they face with it. They don't understand how powerful the drugs are when they use them, they alter their minds, and they change the kids forever. And I know people realize, too, it got so bad, Daryl, in your life that, you know, you I visited you in jail once to do an interview and in Florida, and there's a point I, I remember reading that you wanted to discontinue your chemo 
course, things were so bad. Yeah, things were really bad. I'd just rather be dead. And I stood in front of the judge and told her that. And, and she just said, well, that's not going to happen. She um, said she was going to send me to uh, treatment some more. And I didn't want to go back to treatment anymore. So I ended up going to a Florida state prison doing 11 months because of addiction. And I believe at that time, God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself, for sparing my life, because I believe he had a great plan and a great purpose, because uh, as I stand today, I'm in the plan that he that he had for me. And I just um, come to a place where I'm able to fulfill the promises that are true in all our lives. We're not a mistake. We just make a bunch of mistakes. What, what did the kids, did he, what, what kind of feedback did you get from the kids when you speak to, at a school, Straw? Amazing. I mean, it's so amazing. The kids are so happy that I'm... So honest, you can't trick the kids. You know, they know, and and they're just so delighted that I'm I'm very honest and open, and I'm able to show them my scars and show them that I you don't have to be perfect um, in this life. There's going to be some challenges, and there's going to be some adversities in life, and can you overcome? And and I just try to encourage them to know that they can overcome them. And the challenges that they face today is a lot different than we had to face because they live in a social media driven. Um, atmosphere and it's so different than it was with us and their non-communication uh, with each other is 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 hindering them to um, be able to be strong enough to believe in themselves so I, I just try to give kids uh, a little wisdom insight about believing in yourself and and know that um, your life matters and greatness is on the inside of you so that that's really what's important for me the message I try to carry to them is that the one big thing you try to tell them that you one message well, I, I bring them the message of hope and tell them stay away from dope. Do not use it because it will destroy your life. Um, it will lead you down a road that you can never imagine and it will keep you longer than you can ever imagine. So I try to tell them don't even try to get started. Don't be influenced by the negative of people saying that this will make you feel better because it won't make you feel better. And just give the kids a real opportunity. To, and you told me too. You, you and, and Tracy went to Jerusalem for a couple a week or two to to visit there to see the sites. Yeah, we spent about sixteen days in uh, in Israel and went over to Jerusalem and, and to see the sites uh, of there and, and just a, a phenomenal place. You know, it was a, a wonderful time to be able to experience that in our life and and being able to get baptized in the Jordan River and just to experience uh, what the Holy Land is all about. Uh, we read about it so much. And I just wanted to be able to experience it for myself. So uh, last summer, we was, had the opportunity to be able to go there and do that. Do you miss the baseball part of it, Daryl? I mean, you, where you just it's a whole different thing for you now. Well, it's a whole different thing for, uh, for me now, Jay. Uh, I, I will always love baseball, you know, but I don't miss playing. I mean, that's a part of your life. There's always going to be a season of life, and, and then it's, it's going to come, and it's going to go, and, and then do you enter into the next life? And I think that's what happens to so many athletes. They're not able to cross over into life after uh, taking off the uniform. You know, and I remember my wife, Tracy, telling me, you're never going to fulfill the promises in your life that God has for you until you take off the uniform. You were a baseball player. That's what you used to do. But that's not who you are as a man. And, and uh, that was so profound to me. And it just changed me forever when I realized that I needed to take it off. I can always have the memories of what we accomplished. I will always cherish those with uh, the days of the 86 Mets and who we were and, and those years of the 80s and playing, you know, at Shea Stadium. I, no one can ever take those memories away from me. Those are great memories for a lifetime for me. That's a, that's a special team for me because I was, you know, was first started and we had a special bonding together with the guys. And, you know, 
people, you know, they hated us because we won all the time, you know. But <laughs> but it was, they did hate us, Jay. Hey, Daryl, you really did a lot with your life, my friend. You know, you're doing a lot of good stuff for the kids, and continue good luck and keep doing what you're doing. And I'll speak to you soon. All right, Jay, I appreciate you guys, and good luck to you guys this season. Okay, thank you, Daryl. Safe flight. All right, thanks. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.